Hey, what's up, Los Angeles? Welcome to the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network. Somewhat of a somber day, but overall, I think um, still a positive based on how the season went. But Rams fall to the Lions in the wild card in a thrilling game, 24-23. Stafford's return. Um, you know, we're, it, it was a ton of fun. It was unfortunate the outcome, but man, what a, what a great season for this Rams team and the future of this organization is extremely bright. So we'll get into all that and talk game and, and all that good stuff. But joining me as always, my good pal, the man, the managing editor of our great website, LA football network, LAFnetwork.com and our Rams beat writer, Ryan skinny Tannerson. What's up, my brother? How are you doing today? I am doing uh, pretty good. You know, I, I, I'm still loving uh, playoff football uh, despite the Rams tough loss. Um, but uh, you know, like you're saying, optimistic views, there's no, no retirement uh, talk of any of the main yeah. players any any of the uh, main pieces for the Rams team. So you gotta, you gotta feel good about that. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Great to lead off with that. Unfortunately, which we'll get to the end of the episode, but they did already lose one coach. Coach Henderson, the great defensive line coach, staying in L.A., so it's kind of a bittersweet for this network, uh, is becoming the co-defensive coordinator, D-line coach at USC. Um, so we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But we want to talk mainly about this game. Coverage for the Rams skinny and the LA Football Network does not stop just because the season's over. So later on in the week, we'll kind of do a full season breakdown and kind of kind of like an exit interview, if you will, of the whole season in totality. But today we'll just kind of focus on, you know, this tough Tough loss uh, that's, you know, not even 24 hours old yet, but uh, a, a great game at that. So excited to kind of get into it with you, Skinny T. We were talking, obviously, throughout, as we always do, but we didn't get to watch the game together. We were hoping – I was out of town. I'm back now. We were hoping that they moved on so the next week we could have done something big and and been together. But, unfortunately, we won't get to do that. But, but we'll get all into it. So show, as always, brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Head to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Use our promo code on your first deposit – Rams LAFB. That's all one word. Rams LAFB. You're going to get a match deposit bonus up to $100. I had a big pick them going on in that Rams Lions game. I hit all the boosters. So you pick two to five players and you're picking over unders on certain stats. So passing yards, touchdowns, all this. And they have like things that are harder to hit if you haven't done it it like it can boost your your total output so like by three times two times 1.75 times so i played five all boosted ones that it was it was a what a 15 dollars what i wagered and i could have won up to 1200 or something and i only missed on one oh. and guess what one that was oh kyron kyron williams rushing attempts i took the over of course and they only ran the ball 13 times there's only 15 and a half rushes so I took the over on that. We talked about in the pre-show. We talked about this this Lions stout defensive line, but I thought you know they in order to neutralize the pass rush, they needed to run the ball more. So I was like, all right, Kyron, over fifteen. Let's see it. Didn't help. They got hurt at the end of the game, but still came up uh, a short, and I I missed out on twelve hundred buckaroos. But anyway, underdog fantasy, that's your opportunity to win some cash back. Rams LAFB is that promo code once again. So skinny T twenty four twenty three. You know, you don't get a uh, brownie points for for losing closely, but based on what this team looked like, they would be got to give them some brownie points for how they, you know, obviously finished the season and battled in this game, especially with how this game started offensively for the Lions and defensively for the Rams. Looked like it was going to be a blowout to an extent, um, and the defense came to play in that second half, which we'll get to. But give me your, as always in our recap shows, your uh, three thousand foot lens view of this game. Oh, and three. 
Owen three in the red zone. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my uh, winner take all uh, stat of the game, lock of the week, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's the frustrating. That's a frustrating number right there for me. Uh, a lot of good things to take away from it. Puka Nakua looked uh, fantastic. Stafford, just every arm angle that you can throw a ball in, just zipping it around everywhere. Um, that's you know, all those things great to see. But uh, you know, we were, we were texting during the game that that first uh, Detroit Lions drive. They just drove down the field, put it in the end zone, um, and. Uh, you know, we, we, we commiserated on that point, And I said, they need seven. They need to respond with seven. They responded yep. with three and they lost by one. So, you know, yep. I have a whole, whole article about my frustrations about McVeigh's conservative play calling. It's out there. If you want to go read it and, and I can talk more about it on here uh, for sure. But what, what are your takeaways? Yeah. Make sure to check that out at lafnetwork.com. We'll, we'll put a link in the description as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's rare. I feel like that statistically speaking both teams can be so almost exact and the score outcome also is almost exact i mean a one point game when you look at down the the stat line skinny time of possession rams 30 minutes 5 seconds lions 29 minutes 55 offensive plays both teams 55 penalties rams with 4 lions with 5 penalty yards rams 36 lions 34 when you look at fourth down conversions each one for one I mean, go down the list. It's so close, except for the one that matters most, which you just alluded to, and it's that red zone efficiency. Lions, three for three, 100%. Rams, 0 for three, 0%. Obviously, settled for field goals there. So that's that's the game. It was a one-point game. Everything else, third down efficiency, three of nine, three of nine, both teams. I mean, it's insane how closely tied both these teams were in this game and what it came down to was three field goals versus three touchdowns and you lose by one and you're going to Cabo now. And so <laughs> it's uh it's been an issue all season. We've talked about it on the show all season. You've written multiple articles about it all season. In this game specifically, in your mind, was it execution? Lions just buckling down in the red zone and just playing better or was it do you think kind of play calling or scripted play calling or unimaginative play calling if you will down in the red area what do you think yeah there was that uh throw to cooper cup that seemed a little bit ill-conceived you know you're looking at um kyron williams even even with uh detroit lions uh front seven playing like they did uh 4.7 yards per carry you know it's you know there's a simple arithmetic arithmetic when it comes to picking up yards (laughs) if you need six and you can pick up four you only got two left, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, nice. Well done. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, obviously it gets, it gets a bit more complicated than that, but you know, McVeigh just, you know, he all season long, he just hasn't been able to find the, the sauce or, or the cojones to, you know, call those plays that put the, put the, the Rams in the position to score touchdowns when they're, in the uh in the red zone and i think on that first on the on that first drive mcveigh scripts all those plays that's his drive i mean he spends probably a good amount of time thinking through exactly how it's all going to play out but then when you when you get down into uh um and goal situations where you're just a few yards away he just seems like he has no idea you know 
all of that offensive genius that you saw all drive that first drive and, and other drives all season, you know, it just seems to all leave his head and he, and he can't figure out how to, how to finish it off. And, you know, I would have, I would have gone for it on a fourth there. Uh, Nobody's paying me to, uh, you know, make that uh, assessment there, (laughs) but uh, that's, you know, I, I'm, you know, every defense is going to get a bit better because in the red zone, because you only have to defend so far back, you've got two sidelines and then a third sideline. Uh, that's, that's helping you out. So it's not, uh, it's not easy, but you know, over the season, they were really good, uh, actually scoring touchdowns, uh, when they're in the red zone, 64%, I think somewhere around there, which puts them in the top five in the, in the league. Um, and you know, it's just, you gotta, this, this is, this is the biggest stage of the year. And, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you're, you're taking a class and you've you've worked really hard. You've done all the assignments. You wrote you wrote the paper. You handed everything on on time. But you got to go to the last class to make sure your uh, your attendance uh, record is there. And instead of getting an A, you settle for a D. You know, in that class. <laughs> and and that, that's you just said you're just settling for a D. And and you, you know you that's that's the difference in this game. I mean, it, you know, Dan yep. Campbell went for it on fourth down uh, in the red zone, scored a touchdown there, and uh, you know. He, you know, to, to the, the, you know, my dog's in here. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear her. Oh, good, barely, yeah. Okay. Hang out. Um, you know, the, fortune favors the bold. You yeah. Know? That's, and that's yeah. the case in this game. Yeah. Especially when you can execute. Um, Cause many would argue fortune does not favor the bold in case of Brandon Staley and the chargers, but they just didn't execute on fourth down. Uh, the lions have been much more uh, overall efficient in, in executing specifically in this one. And, yeah, you know, I, I haven't watched the all 22 of this game yet. So, you know, seeing the full field, but it always just feels like, and specifically in this game, when they get to the red zone, yeah, the play calling is just kind of stale. Like, it's just very basic, like, you know, receivers all just kind of running like, you know, dig routes or posts and just Stafford's got to force something in, hoping some guy gets open. And usually there's just not open and it, it's harder, but the creativity seems to leave. The, the run always gets abandoned. It's always then three straight passes. Um, and what's a bummer is on that one you mentioned with Cooper cup, he actually had him like if he, if he, and Stafford played phenomenal this game, which we'll get to more. I mean, no fault to his, that they came up short, but it was like the one throw was just a little bit off where he just kind of, I almost like cup was expecting it on a different shoulder and just kind of got himself turned around a little bit and just a little bit off, but he had a step and had the, had the, the sideline on the end zone open if, if he would have, you know, been able to get there. So, um, so in that instance, it's an execution thing. But I think a lot of the play calling is just, you know, there's not that creativity down at the red zone that springs guys open that you see other, you know, other teams able to do, which, you know, McVay is one of the best in the business in calling plays. So it is it is strange. And then, you know, in terms of the run, A, they just abandon it in in the red zone. Um, they abandon it in a lot of games anyway, um, but certainly in the red zone. But even the few times they do run, it's like that's the one time the offensive line that doesn't quite get the push that we see in other instances, but I think also it's just cause it's not uh, at the forefront of mind in this offense when they get to the red zone, like they know they're passing. So um, it's unfortunate. It's uh, you know, it's that's, that was the difference in the game. And when it's one point and seconds and minutes and one first down to seal the game, I mean, it's, it's a game of inches and it came down to, you know, those inches and, and that situation of the red zone that, you know, one of those is a touchdown. The Rams win this game. It's unfortunate. 
Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And one of the things about defense in the red zone that does make it more difficult specifically for the Rams is defenses are, are get more physical down there because they have that, that backstop. Um, they're allowed to play a little bit uh, more rough and tumble and, and get after guys. And uh, that's, that's always a kryptonite for McVay and the Rams uh, is, you know, he, he gets a little bit gun shy when the defenses start playing um, super, uh, super aggressively, which the, the lions did all game long. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I want to talk about Stafford for a minute. Um, first, uh, non maybe game related and then about his actual play. Um, you know, I, I can appreciate Detroit getting behind Jared Goff and rallying and, and, you know, falling in love with him. Like, that's great. Like he's their quarterback. Now this is year three with him being there. He's played great. Um, obviously led them to <laughs> their first playoff win in 30, whatever years, but <clears throat> I don't want to say it rubbed me the wrong way because everyone has the right to do whatever. It wasn't malicious, but I was a little surprised that Stafford got booed as badly as he did. And even leading up to this game, a lot of, you know, kind of mean talk from the fan base and whatnot. And I was surprised by that because the guy that was there for 12 years gave us all, it wasn't like a bad breakup. I get that he asked to be traded, but it wasn't like a, a bad breakup by any means. And the lions obviously got a lot in return because, you know, he made it known and, you know, it was a situation where um, it worked out best case, I think for both, both parties. I mean, the Rams got off his Stafford here and Rams won a Super Bowl in year one and the Lions got a bunch of, you know, good picks and Jared Goff is ended up playing great for him. So it seemed like it, it was amicable. Were you surprised by that? Cause it, I was just surprised. I thought he would be welcomed back with kind of open arms. Yeah. I kind of heard conflicting reports heading into the game. Uh, you know, on one hand there was, you know, some Detroit people that were saying that everybody's so positive about Matthew Stafford. And yeah. then on a, on the other hand, I heard another report where it was just all this terrible stuff being spouted online. Yeah. And, you know, it's always, it's always very disheartening to see poor fan behavior in, in the world out there. You know, people getting in fights in the stands over, you know, who's wearing uh, what color and who's mouthing off. And, you know, everybody needs to, to cool it. And, and, yeah. and remember that, you know, Stafford's a human, you know, there was, there was that uh, kind of, uh, sideline report heading into it talking about Stafford and and you know his his daughters had to ask his wife who 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 are we rooting for in this yeah. game because they got Detroit game on and they're rooting for Detroit when you know obviously they're not they're not playing each other but yeah yeah I mean like you know it, Detroit is obviously something that is, is uh, important to Matthew Stafford and uh, the the fan base should know that Detroit should know that. And, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, golf supporters still in, in the LA Rams fan base. And I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of, there's plenty of, you know, I don't think there's any doubt in any uh, Rams fans minds that they got the better, they got mm -hmm. the better quarterback in the trade. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't, <laughs> there shouldn't be. be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely not. So you, you got, it. And they got a big trophy now to, 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 to bear witness to that. So, yeah. but you know, I, yeah, it's, it's it's always silly to me when when people gotta you know get mad at a person because they're wearing a different color jersey. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like you know. I was at the the Rams game at SoFi when when Goff returned the regular season game. Was it twenty one? I think it was yeah twenty one. No, twenty two. It would have been no twenty. Yeah, twenty one. The Super Bowl run. Mm -hmm. Um, twenty one and and obviously different situation because Goff didn't ask for a trade. He was traded kind of in the dark. Didn't know it was coming. 
Um, but you know, he got standing ovation, like, you know, beloved by this city. And, you know, again, I get Stafford asked to be traded, but you know, he was there for 12 years. It wasn't like he was there for three. And it's like, I'm over the city. I'm not re-signing unless you trade me. Like he was 12 years, gave it his all super involved in the community, him and his wife. And, and again, it wasn't a bad breakup. I mean, it was one of those mutual, like, again, we're not in the building, but from everything we've heard, it was a mutual, like, Hey, I think it's time that we just kind of, you know, part ways. And, and, you know, I want to go somewhere that I think is going to contend at the time the lions weren't, and they've done a great turn. This was before Dan Campbell was hired. Like they, it was just a fresh start for that organization. So it was just weird to see the response the fans gave him. And then even after the game, I think, cause he's always spoken so highly about the city of Detroit, Detroit fan base. And then asked after the game by a reporter, you know, obviously tough to loss, blah, blah, blah. But like, how do you feel about the city of Detroit and, and the lions winning their first game? And he basically said, I'm happy for that. Happy for those guys in that locker room, happy for the team. And like, that was it. Didn't say anything about the city. Didn't say anything about the fans. Like, obviously he was a little disappointed with how, you know, they responded to him as well. And, you know, rightfully so I get it. Yeah. And you know, if, if I was forced as a football player to play for Matt Patricia, I would demand <laughs> a trade too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember this is before Dan. If Dan Campbell was there, he might be like, never requested a trade. Like, cool, we're making moves. This is before Brad Holmes, before Dan Campbell, before Ben Johnson, before all that. Like, he had uh, had to deal with a lot of uh, a lot of bad bad coaches. You know, had some good ones, but obviously yeah. the end there, the end there was was pretty rough. So you can understand why he wanted out. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I just thought that was you know it reminded me. I know fans, our listeners love when I bring up, you know, my Denver fandom, but it reminded me a lot of when, when Carmelo Anthony left the Nuggets and similar situation, you know, third overall pick with the Nuggets led them to the playoffs in like nine straight years had never been done in franchise history, but they, they just could never get over the hump. And, and so he ended up asking to be traded. My opinion as a fan was like, all right, dude gave it his all. Like he, he was beloved by the fan base. He loved the fan base, but you know what? He, he's been here whatever it was, 10, 11 years, wanted kind of a fresh start. It wasn't like a trade me or, or else it was like, Hey, I think it's time we trade. He was traded. Nuggets got like a ton of stuff back for him and ended up kind of best for both parties once again. And yet he's like hated now by the Denver fan base, like still to this day, like it's hard for like, he, he now talks about like, has always loved Denver. And now is like, He's been on podcasts like, yeah, I, I, blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like, man, why does that have to happen? Like it's one, again, it's one thing my player is like trade me or else, or I'm not signing or else like Max Crosby doing the whole, like, if you don't hire Antonio Pierce, I'm out. Like that's a line in the sand. This is more of a, Hey, I think it's time, you know, mutually agree. Like if, for both parties, like, let's just have a fresh start. I don't have a problem. Hey, hey I, I'm all for the, the Raiders hiring somebody other than Antonio Pierce. And maybe the, the Rams could pick up a actual edge rusher. Yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah we got it. That's what we got to be praying for. Not, you know, we cover the Chargers here on the LA Football Network. So I think we all want Jim Harbaugh to go to the Chargers. So we don't want that. But if the Raiders can can f this up and go higher, like uh, I don't even know. They've only interviewed I think one person so far. Who they just interviewed Leslie Frazier. So nothing against Leslie Frazier, but hey, hire Leslie Frazier Raiders, and and then we can get Max Crosby here in LA. That'd be great. I think Bill Belichick seems like the right answer for the uh, for the Raiders. I'll just throw that out there. He, see, I would say yes, except, and he obviously is very different, and this is way off topic here, he obviously is very different than Josh McDaniels, but McDaniels tried to instill the Patriot way, and it failed miserably. So I, even though 
Belichick is the godfather of the Patriot way. I just think that organization needs to be run differently. It's more got to be player focused and. Yeah, I mean, I just have no faith in in the Raiders to make a, a good decision about exactly. anything. Which is so. great. Which is good. Which is yeah. good. Good for all all involved. Um, all right. Uh, so let's you know get back to this game here and let's talk, let's end maybe with uh, you know defense talk and maybe we got to talk about Puka Nakua a little bit here too. I mean, dude, absolutely balled out. But so this defense and the job Raheem Morris done because we may have seen the last game Raheem Morris coached as a Ram. Um, not in a bad way, but because he's probably going to be a head coach in the coming years, you know, the interviews keep rolling in. He just got requested an interview with the, the Seahawks as well Has already had two other interviews, three other interviews. Um, so he's, he's probably going to get interviewed by almost every opening out there. And the game started rough three. What was it? Three straight touchdowns on three straight possessions for the lions. And then no pressure, no pressure. Couldn't stop a nosebleed. And then all of a sudden, get to that second half three points was all the lions could muster and they couldn't even move the ball. They were dialing up different pressures. We and you were texting and, and about the game. Like they need to do an Ernest Jones stunts and blitzes. Sure enough, they do it. Sure enough, it works. Um, but you're just thoughts on the job from Raheem Morris and this defense after kind of the, the first quarter and a half, you know, this, the defense is what it is. It's got, Akella Witherspoon is their best cornerback. He'd be a number two, number three guy on pretty much any other team. Um, yep. You know, you got Michael Hoyt trying to just contain Jameer Gibbs on the edge sometimes. Oh, you got on the other side, you got real quick. The one thing I'll <laughs> say that I don't know why, and I don't know if this is Raheem Morris's call. Obviously, he's he's the boss on the defense, but why Michael Hoyt is like the highest percentage as a edge rusher in coverage. That is one thing where I'm like, come on, Raheem, what are we doing here? Like you've done so many things good, but why is Michael Hoyt out in coverage? That's he just shouldn't be. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's improved drastically this year in so many areas, but you cannot cover the potential rookie of the year in Sam Laporta. And you, you have him covering Dallas Goder. You have him covering all these different tight ends. Like that's the one thing I'm like, what are we doing here? Sorry. Just had to do, had to jump in there. No, no, it's it's the perfect. And that was one of the touchdowns. And 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 Byron Young, uh, you know, I he's got a lot of potential. He still has got to grow and develop into a into an NFL pass rusher. But I think he got two, one or two pressures in, in on this game. And I say all of this to say what we've been saying all season, which is they find a way to keep the Rams in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I came to the conclusion a couple of weeks ago that this defense isn't going to go out and win the Rams a game. They're not going to force that, you know, crucial turnover. They're not going to, you know, get that crucial sack that the, you know, there's just it, it's not going to be the thing that's going to dominate. But they kept they've kept the the Rams in just about every game so far this uh, in the season, and they they kept them in in this one. And you know, the uh, the Lions' offense is no joke. One of the best offensive lines, um, a handful of. Really fantastic weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown is really emerging. Jameer Gibbs and and David Montgomery are, are both uh, solid backs. So, you know, they boat raced a lot of teams this year and they were off to a good start. But, you know, Raheem Morris and 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 Ernest Jones is just a fantastic blitzer. It's not mm-hmm. the it's not the best answer you can get to, to have. It's not the best answer you can have to to get pressure. Um, but they found a way and that's, that's what they've been doing all season. And that's, that's why he's getting such, uh, 
uh, high marks and, 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 uh, you know, attention for being a head coach and it's a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, great job. And, um, he will be probably, a. a I th- I think he will hundred percent be a head coach, but if he doesn't, obviously that's great for the Rams. He'll be back. Um, but I think he will be gone and then we'll, we'll see what the Rams do. Um, as we'll get to here at the end the show here in a second about another big loss on the, as a assistant coaches go, but yeah, just speaking of the defense, we'll get way into, you know, free agency or whatnot, but I think it's clear, you know, what this team needs is, is a true talented edge rusher. Byron Young is going to be good. I mean, he's going to keep growing, but, uh, and, and Michael Hoyt, I think is a, is a solid rotational piece, but those two as your starting edges, like they need someone with a little bit more, more talent at that position. So that's going to be, and then obviously, you know, a, a lockdown corner or, or just, you know, another corner if they bring back Witherspoon, which I think they absolutely should. I would, if I, and again, we'll get into free agency. I'm not going to throw tons of names out, but I would love to see them go after a Dory Jackson, uh, who's going to be a free agent from new England or New York giants, bring him home, baby. You know, he's a Trojan legend at USC. Um, in the return game and say probably goes down as argue. You could argue the best corner at USC. They haven't had a ton of great corners. They've had a ton of great safeties, ton of great linebackers, but at the cornerback position, he may be one of the best. So bring him home um, would be awesome to see and obviously go get an edge. So that is going to be a point of emphasis, which we'll talk probably a lot about in the next kind of two months or so along with draft coverage, which, Hey, they'll have every draft pick, which is great. Um, And if, you know, the only the only benefit if they lose Raheem is obviously they're going to get those two comp picks um, for losing him to a head coaching job. So, but unless there's anything for you to add, let's let's close with this. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, let's stick with this. We'll end with Puka. So because we're talking coaches anyway, Coach Henny, our guy, Eric Henderson, bittersweet as our USC coverage. Love seeing him go to USC. I mean, Lincoln Riley is making no jokes about that defensive staff. What he has done in the offseason overhauling that staff is impressive. If you're a Trojan fan, make sure to check out our Sleuth Detroit podcast where I'm recording that right after. We'll be talking all about the defensive staff. But So if you haven't checked it out yet, Sleuth Detroit podcast on the LA Football Network. But for the Rams, this is a huge, huge loss, Skinny T. So let me ask you this first. A, so two things. A, and we kind of texted this, so I'll just let you talk about it. Does it surprise you that did, that he has not gotten more DC considerations around the league? You know, been with the Rams since 21, or no, excuse me, been with the Rams since 19. Um, so f- almost what six seasons here. So A is a surprise around the league, and B does it surprise the Rams himself and Sean McVay haven't given him more kind of DC consideration? And, and you know, when stay first Staley, they go out of house, then Staley leaves, they go out of house again, bringing Raheem Morris. So how do you feel about that kind of those dichotomies? Yeah, it's strange. It's just weird that a guy that is so accomplished at his position doesn't get the attention that he deserves. And, you know, there's there's so many things that go into that. And, you know, uh, we're not in the building every day. We don't uh, have those conversations uh, with Coach Henny, Um, you know, I would love to ask him that question, you know, a couple of years ago. You yeah. know, who, who's calling, who's knocking at the door, um, you know, and the, you, you know, the offensive side of the McVeigh coaching staff has always been poached. It's always, it's always, you know, you know, guys are all over the league, you know, tally them up around the league that are the, the mm-hmm. Shanahan McVeigh Washington, uh, you know, commanders, uh, you know, the Washington football team, uh, you know, just list of, of mm-hmm. you know, 
coaches and coordinators that come out of that now, including, you know, uh, D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick and, you know, it just keeps going. And, uh, but the defensive side gets a little, little bit overlooked and, um, you know, uh, and I, and I'm not sure why, because it, you, you, you know, you got one guy, Aaron Donald, who, I don't know, I don't know how much coaching that kind of, that guy needs, but he keeps getting better. I mean, he doesn't yeah. get, he's not getting worse at least. That's for yeah. sure. I think, he, I think he's had one of the best years of his career. And then yeah. next to him, he's had to install a new guy like every year. It's been kind of a revolving door every, every year, every other year. Um, and he turns a guy like Greg Gaines into just a, a, a really solid starter, um, Super Bowl winner. Uh, and then he takes Kobe Turner rookie year midway through just figures out how to turn it on. And, yeah. and that guy's just a beast now. Uh, one of the best uh, out there, uh, you know, yeah. at his age. So, yeah, and you can uh, even you know, look at. Sorry, not to jump in, but you could even look at a guy like Sebastian Joseph Day. And I don't mean this in any disrespect, but you know, sixth round pick, really came on with the Rams, goes to the Chargers, and you know, wasn't bad with the Chargers, but certainly didn't have the production he had with the Rams. And now he's a rotational depth piece with the Niners. So, um, you know, that's another player you could just contribute to, like what Coach Henne has done. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy for him that he's going to shot to uh, be a co co defensive coordinator there at USC, and that's exciting to see what they're going to do with the with the defense with uh, uh, Lynn Lynn is his name right? Yeah, Dan Lynn. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm catching You're up. Getting one grand in college. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know it's it, it's going to be fascinating, and and I'm excited for him, uh, and hopefully he'll get some attention, uh, maybe within the college ranks to be a DC just coming out of that, and uh, maybe he'll come come back once, uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, you know, defensive coordinator for the Rams at one point. Yeah, that'd be great. So, um, yeah, just you know, huge loss for the Rams, and just what a great great player i think we can talk more in the next episode because i have like some some more deep thoughts we're already getting up against the time here but about why mcveigh doesn't necessarily promote from within um and he's always you know treated his staff very well and it's never but it seems like when it comes to the actual coordinator he always kind of goes outside and so i have some thoughts on that so there's a little teaser got to tune in next episode to hear why i think that is um, but yeah, you know, happy for, for Henny. I'm, I'm super pumped, obviously staying in LA. If he had to leave, there's, there's no other place. I'd rather him leave too, um, than staying here in LA and going to SC. Um, but man, it's going to be, especially now if you lose Raheem. And I guess that's one thought about it too, is if Raheem is gone, the new DC will want to rebuild his staff anyway. Um, it's rare when you look at the Rams from Wade Phillips to Brandon Staley to Raheem Morris, a lot of the the positional staff has stayed relatively the same. You know, there's been a couple changes, but but Henny's been here, you know, since before Brandon Staley. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant has been here since before Brandon Staley. Evero just finally left, you know, last year. He was from way before and, you know, all these guys. So this will be maybe the first time where the new DC will basically revamp the entire defensive staff, which, you know, we'll get into if and when that does happen. So let's end with this. Pukunakua, what a baller, dude. What a baller. Uh, absolutely crushed it. Nine receptions, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so I'm going to ask you this. First of all, we don't even need to talk about Rookie of the Year. It's a regular season award. Uh, CJ Stroud also balled out in his playoff game, but those don't matter. It's a regular season award, so we can move past that. Pukunakua absolutely deserves it, in my opinion. CJ Stroud will probably win it because it's a QB award, and you know, and he had a great season. I'll take anything away from him. But in this game, how do I want to ask this? Let me just ask it to you like this. 
and this will kind of be a teaser too, which we'll get into throughout the regular season. Is Pukunakua now truly wide receiver one for the Rams? And have we seen kind of the swan song of greatness from Cooper Cup? Is he now kind of more of a a figurehead than he is actual a staple in this offense? Yeah, our good friend and uh, and coworker here at LAFB, Jamal uh, Madney, uh, Modney, uh, he uh, he says he's the uh, Clay Thompson of the NFL. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper Cup is, and you know I want to see I want I want a chance for Cooper to get uh, completely healthy over this off season, head into 2024 with uh, fresh legs and and uh, and and healed the tendons and because it didn't it, it just didn't seem like he has been completely yeah. healthy all year long, um, so I'd like to see that, but it is nice to know that they do have a viable option in Pukunakua. A record-breaking option. Yeah, uh, he broke another rookie record with this game yeah. with his 181 yards. He's now the record holder for the most yards. So, you know, it's a uh, you know fifth rounder once again. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Coming in, they they just pluck this guy out of obscurity and, and turn him into a star. And you know, and it's it's not all on the Rams. He's got a lot to do with that. Uh, he wanted it. He was in the meeting rooms. He was, you know, he's you know, flying, buzzing around um, McVeigh and and then Stafford and Cup and and just uh, taking in everything he could. So, um, I think that yeah, they have they have him as a true number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it seems like I mean, again, I, I'm not willing to say that yet. Not because he couldn't be number one. I'm just not willing to say Cooper Cup's not that guy yet. It certainly is looking that way, the way the kind of season unfolded and even the way McV- or Stafford just started looking more to Puka than Cooper. Um, but yeah, I want to see a full off season of him being healthy and see how the season starts next year. I mean, either way, the, they're in great hands and, you know, with with this receiving room and and where it's at. And, you know, it's great to hear. Obviously, things can change, but based on all the, the press conferences at the end of the game, I mean, I, we all knew McVeigh was coming back. That came out earlier but he just seems fired up and totally revamped by this season Stafford said he's coming back uh Cooper Cup you know coming back Aaron Donald probably coming back so I mean it looks like we can go into this offseason with adding to the success they already had with a lot of cap room with a lot of draft picks and then now they will be you know they were this year surprisingly but they'll be a true contender heading into 24 with all their pieces back and I just want to see Cooper Cup have a true offseason to become that triple crown or renter that he was. I don't think he'll ever be as good as he was in 21. I think that's past just, you know, two years now later, all the injuries and all that, you know, he's just on the other side of 30. So naturally there's going to be some downtread receivers in general after 30 all tend to drop off. Um, but I think he can still be very good. And just out of respect, I'm not willing to say he's not wide receiver one yet, but Bukunakua certainly is good enough to be. So either way, they're in good hands. Yeah, no, I, and and I, I, I'm not trying to disrespect the guy at all. Um, oh, you're not at all. So, <laughs> yeah, don't, I, I don't want, I don't want that to get twisted. But um, in the event that he's not able to, you know, get to that level once again, the Rams do have a guy. They got a guy, and that's that's uh, that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. So, tough loss, tough end of the season, but a hell of a season. Excuse me, that it was. Uh, the Rams go finish, I guess, officially ten and eight. Uh, but make the playoffs, lose by one, 24-23 at the hand of the Detroit Lions. Hats off to 
Jared Goff and the Lions, but the Rams will be back. Um, I will say I'm definitely rooting for the Lions now to, to win it all, uh, or at least make it from the NFC. Um, would be fun to see just with that story. But anyway, Rams fans don't need to hear that or want to hear that. So tough season. But hey, the coverage does not stop here at the LA Football Network at the Rams Skinny. We'll be back just as usual uh, in a couple days with uh, more Rams Skinny. Thanks all for hanging out with us, tuning in. For Skinny T, I'm Ryan Dyard. We'll talk to you all here in just a couple days.